Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again. And welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. And today we are here with Ron Worley. Super excited to have this guy here. We've had a great chat before this interview here today, and this guy has a super funny, amazing podcast you all need to go check out. It's called Sons of Ditches with a D. You all know I don't curse, so you know obviously I wasn't going to say the, the real word, but <laughs> this is such an awesome <laughs> podcast. It's really like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Ron, but it's like it's kind of like a mix between like overcoming addiction, becoming successful, along with business and and like business strategy and everything. Is that correct? That is correct, Josh. Thank you for having me on. First of yeah, all, yeah, no yes. problem, man. But yes, absolutely. It's not just addictions. It's everything in life that you may have to overcome. We've all had to overcome things. And it's no less real to somebody that's had to overcome something less major as addiction. For me, it was addiction. And that was a major part of my life, my whole life. But for others, it could be, you know, they got an F on a test or something. You know, it just, it doesn't matter. The way we overcome it is what I try to get into. I want to hear the nitty gritty, but I also want to hear how they overcame it. You know, yeah, it's always different. And I think people are kidding themselves if they think that they don't, if they're not addicts. I mean, everybody in today's world has an addiction to something. It's either oh, yeah. your social media, it could be one of the more severe addictions, but it could be as simple as food addictions or shopping addiction. Like everybody has something, right? It's like their pet, pet sin is what we call it. And yep. those are sort of things that completely hold us back from success. So I am excited to talk to you today, Ron, about your story on that, because sure. you're the guy who, you know, you wrote a book on this ditches to riches, right? And it's yeah. not even about having money. It's about being successful. And what I love is that you're a self-made millionaire. You're a guy who's done it all. In my opinion, I just kind of want to know where did you start and how have you gotten to where you are today? Yeah, man. So luckily I had somebody in front of me that could kind of give me a path. And, and we all know that you try and choose a mentor that's done it before you. For me with addiction, I treated it much the same. Same way. I was homeless and I had nowhere else to go but up. So I chose to do what my mother did before me. She went to AA. We're supposed to be anonymous with that, but I tell everybody, I just don't tell everybody else's stories. AA is where I headed first. And I quickly realized that I was going to outgrow AA because I didn't want to live in my addiction for the rest of my life. I treat it as something that I can overcome and I don't have to worry about again. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't be addicted to other things because I'm absolutely addicted to a lot of things. I call them passions. My family calls them addictions. I, I get into something every single month and it's something new and crazy and I'm, you know, it, it consumes me, but it's much healthier now. And so that, you know, back in 2003, I was homeless. I came back home. I had my brother and my mother kind of just gave me a place to stay and a, a way to get there. As long as I was getting sober, they were happy to have me. But ultimately I had to just start over. I was 150000 dollars in debt, had zero income at that point and you know was homeless like I said. So getting from getting myself out of debt was a big thing to me. I wasn't going to claim bankruptcy. I was going to do it the hard way and just get it done. And so going to work, getting my first one bedroom apartment at freaking 30 years old. I finally, you know, that was like huge for me. Got a one bedroom apartment. My kids were able to move in. We had, we shared the same room with bunk beds and we lived that way for about a year, just one upping, you know, just every time I had a little extra money I saved, I would do something with it that was smart. And luckily for me, I had, you know, I was a bail bondsman at the time and I got to do that again. And there's good money in that if you hustle. And so it was the work ethic and ultimately taking fear of losing that income and multiplying my efforts with other businesses is what I did. And I got lucky with 
with some success. I mean, I worked my butt off, but you know, there is a little bit of luck involved too. We were successful. My wife and I, I met a wonderful woman through my sobriety and we started a retail company that was very successful. And, and now I've owned, geez, I think I'm up to 15 businesses and you know, some failures, of course. Shoot. I don't know if you're familiar with the NFT market, but that is one wild game to play in. And <laughs> there are some I'm actually failures. on the board of a company who does NFTs. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a wild man. market. <laughs> it's a wild, wild west. So I'm, yeah. you know, just always learning, man, just trying to get there learning, multiply my efforts, scaling everything I could. I'm always big picture guy and more big picture than the people I hire because they all, you know, I freak them out. So yeah, but it's such a cool story. And I kind of want to highlight something here because yeah, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, we feel this pressure of, I've got to be successful. I've got to have a five-year plan to be a billionaire. Right. And we all look at it that way, but your story is such a cool example of like, take the risks, but they were calculated risks, right? right? I'm the kind of guy, I don't think you just, you should start a business like just step out of your job and start a business. I think people are stupid when they do that. And I'm like, yep. yeah, go for it. But you're going to be right back in another job you hate within the yes. next month because you got to pay the bills, right? Save up three to six months of money and then go start a business. Right. So, or or work while you do your business and right. double your efforts because right. it's going to suck. It's going to suck for a year or two. And then you're going to thank yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I love it. But like part of the, part of the story I thought was so cool about you, know, you in particular was that it wasn't even just from a monetary perspective, but you said, you know, figure out how to take care of the base needs first, right? Overcome yeah. the addiction, get sober, and then focusing entirely on how do I get around my family? How do I build a great support group? And then how do I take care of my financial situation? And then, you know, from there on, it just, it grew and grew. And it's because you stacked it. You're like you were able to compound those. And yes, there's always failures within that, but it doesn't always have to be an existential crisis, right? <laughs> right. And I think if you have your low, as low as you're willing to go, uh, and you pull the ripcord, you know, that's always been helpful to me. Starting the exit strategy before I do the begin, you know, the startup, having where I'm willing to just, you know, bail out, pull the parachute out and I'm done even though I may never use it because I can't, I'm so afraid to be homeless again. It's not even funny. So, you know, it just keeps me working. Keeps you and, placing those or hedging your bets. So you don't, <laughs> you don't have yeah. to run into that ever again. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. I, I love that you were able to share that story with us because it's, I think it's always so intriguing to me, especially to see the different ways that people achieve success, mm-hmm. but it's always one common path. You know, John Lee Dumas wrote a book about this not too long ago. It's called the the Common Path to Uncommon Success, and I love that book because there is a common path. Everybody goes yeah. about it a different way, but hitting that success is is so interesting. And you you have a whole method you've built around this called the Worley Way. Do you mind kind of breaking yeah. that down for us? Yeah. So read the book if you want the actual values. But what I in general what I did uh, was I met with a guy who told me I needed values in my life, and as an addict growing up, I didn't really have them. I had them, but I didn't know I had them. I didn't celebrate them. I didn't let other people were able to stomp on me. My values were what your values were as long as I could sell you something. Once I came up with the Worldly Way, it was 10 values that I deemed important to my life. I started running my businesses, my family, everything in my life was ran according to these values. I even numbered them one through 10 and, you know, of importance. So when things like family versus hard work would come up, those two values, they battled each other a lot. You know, I had my kids at home, but I also had four retail companies and a bail bonds company that were pretty much me running them. So for a while, and so I would have to weigh those against each other. And I did that with a point system and it just allowed me to 
for me, I'm wired to have code in my life. Like I need something of value. You know, now it's the lions. I've got to be a lion all the time. I'm out there hunting my prey and to not be meek and a pushover anymore was my goal in life. And for me, this code, the whirly way was something I could stand up to stand up for. I could tell uh, that's when I started telling my story. I was so ashamed of being an addict for many, many years. And this was about six years into my sobriety that I actually figured out what values were. And as soon as I started doing that, as soon as I started telling my story, giving them the reasons that I am no longer like that, I even put it on my websites. People started to be attracted to that. And I noticed that people would come into my business and start telling me their stories and they would relate to my story. And all of a sudden the sales became so much easier, uh, so much higher. The income stream that was happening was insane because we just grew exponentially from just telling us to being honest. Now you have to have a story. Everybody does, but you know, my wife's is pretty boring. She grew up in a great life. <laughs> she has no gripes at all. Then she was a cop and but now she has an even better story because she was a cop and she can tell about being a cop and you know just a little bit of age there but everybody has a story and i believe we should tell each other our stories there's nothing to be ashamed of we don't let our past define our future all those corny things that i say i actually live by them so yeah the whirly way <laughs> I love it. And and I do want to point something out here because you mentioned you know, everybody feels like they don't have a story. And the truth of the matter is I felt that same way. I was raised in a pretty middle-class home. You know, my parents had some like poverty moments, but it was, we always had food on the table. We were never homeless. I really had about every advantage I could possibly have, you know, sure. and, but the truth of the matter was, was that I just never felt like I had a great story. And something that I had a coach tell me years and years ago was if you don't have a good story, make one. Yeah. He didn't say make it up. He said, invent the story or come up with a story. So go out and do something worthwhile. Right. There was one guy, I can't remember where I saw this, but this guy was doing something where he's like, I'm going to eat a slice of pizza every day until Elon Musk gives me a Tesla, <laughs> which was so dumb. I, I yeah. keeps hitting my Facebook. I'm like, this is so ridiculous, but I'm watching it. And I'm like, did he get a Tesla yet? Right. And yeah. it's, it's a dumb story like that. Right. But then there's, there's other people, right? Like in the fitness coach space, you get all these people who are like, look at how sexy I am. You want me to train yeah. you kind of thing. And then you have the, gosh, what is his name? Fit to fat to fit. He just decided, Hey, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to prove that you can still lose the weight even when you get fat. Yep. You know? And yep. he's done it like three times now. So it's, I love to see people make those stories. You know, and sometimes some of us, we aren't blessed or we're so blessed that we don't have a great, you know, huge overcoming underdog story. But, but like you said, you can make one. I love yeah, that. Yeah, you absolutely can. And it's, you know, it always comes with risk. A good story has some risk involved. And so right. go jump out an airplane. And when that parachute opens up, you can talk about the moment that felt so good, you know, in your life. And that's a story. I used to tell, I knew when I was a young man that I was making stories for myself. I know they were drug induced, awesome stories that I still tell to this day. I have a lot of history and a lot of wisdom that I can, that I've shared with my kids who've not had to live through those stories. But even in the moment, I'm jumping off of a 50 foot cliff into the water. I'm like, dude, I'm going to tell somebody this story someday. You know, right. and, and it's worked, you know, these are, I actually use the analogy in my book. It's a combination of doing things that cause you to take a little bit of risk and then seeing what it's like on the other side of that. And right. I love it. I love it. If you, you know, you got to make your own. My son went to college his first day and they asked for him to tell his story and everybody got up and there was, you know, all these gruesome start people that 
grew up in the hood and people that were gang members and things like that. And he stands up, he tells everybody, well, I was just a normal white kid and my parents pay for my college. And I thought, you know, you jerk, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you've got a better story than that. Uh, the end result was his hard ass work that got him there. And yeah, dad paid for it, but I never gave them kids a dime when they grew up. All their chores, all that stuff around the house, that was to live there. You know, they had a right. great work ethic. He's 22 years old now, and my other son's 19, and they're buying a house together. 800 plus credit scores. That doesn't come without a story. You've right. sacrificed somewhere in your life to get to that point, you know? Right. Uh, so even the the dumb little white kid that his parents paid for it had a better story than that, you know? Right. Uh, so well, I, I try to teach them. Yeah, I love that. And I think ask your parents. If you don't have a story, ask yeah. your parents, ask your friends, because they'd be like, wow, you, you've done some cool things. Yeah. It might not even sound cool to you, but go and talk about it. Have people follow you along the journey. There, right. There's this YouTube channel. The guy's name's oh, Mike. I want to say it's like Michalowicz or something like that. The channel's called Average Mike. Definitely go check it okay. out. It's, it's an awesome YouTube channel. The guy literally just says, I'm going to figure out how to solve a Rubik's Cube. I'm going to spend... And I'm just going to have you guys, I'm going to document the journey. And he does. And he have, each video is him learning a new skill. And it's really interesting because he picks up some of the most random skills. And sometimes he fails epically, but you're with him along the journey. And awesome. I love to see people doing that more and more and more because story is just so captivating. <laughs> it just well, it is. We watch movies because of the story. But you know, right. in, unfortunately, our society has gotten to a point where the movie is what they think is real. And right. that's not... Most people have boring lives. That's, right. that's what I found out along this journey. I was lucky to be alive. I'm lucky to be here today. But most people aren't. They calculated their risk was very low and they just are, you know, living life. But that's a story too, in my opinion. If you can go your whole life and be that boring, great. Good for you. Tell the story. Tell the story of how you somehow managed to make your life so boring. <laughs> yeah. People are like, oh, I wish my life was that boring. Sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's awesome. And, you know, whether you believe in God or not, you know, I talk about this a lot is that everybody, is put on the earth to do something. Yes. And it's maybe not the same thing for your entire life. I think sometimes God says there's multiple purposes for you. Just pick one. Yep. Just deep dive into something and get get really good at it. That and honestly, that's how I became an entrepreneur. This is how, you know, in my eyes, I wasn't living up to my purpose. So I actually made a purpose statement and came up with what that purpose would be. And it changes all the time. You know, uh, recently I've calm down on working so hard and whatnot. And so my, my purpose has changed, not my work value, not what I do for a job or not what it causes me income, but my actual purpose is, you know, what am I supposed to do to the world? Well, right now it's, you know, I'm, I'm helping other people share their story and it's that simple and it's working, but it's, it's also, uh, it feels right too. Right. You know, and so it's funny because the, originally I started being an entrepreneur. I, I could have just been a bail bondsman my whole life and everything would have been fine. But no, I had to keep going. And uh, really, that was because I had destroyed my marriage prior and uh, with addiction. And I had to pay a certain amount, you know, alimony and child support and all that. And it wouldn't allow me to have nice cars, nice houses, nice things. And I was so materialistic at the time. I So I started a company solely to provide me with nice things. And that, that was before, you know, I had purpose and whatnot. But after a while, I started to realize that nice things come with a good plan, a whole heart, you know, an altruistic heart, and then it all just kind of comes together. And if you like nice things, great. If you don't save the money, you know, but for me, it was a lifestyle. I needed a certain lifestyle. So I have to work twice as hard to get it because I screwed myself up early. 
<laughs> I love it. There's a, I was, I was looking up trying to figure out who said this, but it's there, there's a quote I love it. Seek not to be a person of wealth, seek first to be a person of value. I want to say it's a scripture or it's like some Albert Einstein or something. I could say any one of those. I'm sure they said it at some point, right? You can say but you said it. I said it. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll just say, yeah, <laughs> this is, this is Josh's Proverbs verse one, right? But I love that because that's exactly what you've done is you found out how to be a person of value. Then the wealth followed. And I love that because, you know, I've worked with thousands of entrepreneurs at this point and I love to just ask them about their journey and see how they did it. And the ones who become the most successful are the ones who became a person of value. They said, let, yeah. let me find a real value in the market yep. and provide that. All right. And with today's society or the way things are going in America, especially, people are really against capitalism. Yep. And I figured out 10 years ago that if my giving back to the community was altruistic, they would pay me in return. Now, it felt almost evil or, or wrong because I was doing things... Uh, to helping people, individuals, groups, putting in my own time and giving money. And I knew that everybody that was in that area at that time would end up being a customer of mine. But it's a give and take. That's how it should be. And and I think that's what everybody's griping about. These young kids are griping about capitalism. And, and nothing grates my nerves more than to hear somebody say something nasty about capitalism. It just, but what else that's do they have the to look US at? That's what the U.S. is, guys. <laughs> right. founded on capitalism. <laughs> exactly. You want to decentralize everything, but you have to use capitalism to do it. Great. Right. You know, yeah. you're being smart. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, I get it. Everything in all the movies, all the social media and everything is about these rotten billionaires that ruin the world. You know, this is what we've been shown. And to do the opposite to, for instance, our NFT company, the first thing we're looking at is who are we going to give half our profits to? Because that's what they do. You know, they they want to see the platform and the utility and so, you know, I can get on board with that, but let's stop talking crap about uh, capitalism because that's the only way it's going to work. Right. Yeah. And yeah, if you want to live in the U.S., learn to love it. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> Hope. <laughs> if you don't like that, move to another country that has what you already want. So, Amen. Um, I, yeah, I love that. And we're like everybody here. If you're listening to the show, you know, we capitalist pigs over here. So, <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> um, percent. I love it. So. You know, we are wrapping up the end of the the interview here, you know, so yeah. let's want to ask a couple of questions. First off, just one more shout out, guys, make sure you check out Sons of Ditches, the podcast, and then you can check out Ron's book as well. It's called Ditches to Riches. Make sure you guys go buy the book, check out his podcast and, and deep dive into his content, because obviously this guy provides great value as you can see. So to just ask you one final question, Ron, could you give us one final parting piece of guidance? Guidance? Yeah. Um, well, so first of all, put it in your head that nothing from your past defines your future. That That is the key to always moving forward. So if your business has failed or, or you've had some lumps in your life, get over it and move on, man. We are capitalists and we are moving forward every single day. Most of us already know that. However, if you want to transform yourself, your company, I would do a business purpose statement and right off the bat, figure out what your business's purpose is. Once you do that, once you have a purpose statement for your company, you can advertise to it. You can get your employees behind it. You actually even learn how to hire with those values in your hiring scheme. So, you know, I used to stop uh, asking dumb questions about, you know, their schooling and whatnot. And I would start asking what their meaning of family was and how do they get along with their parents and, and these kind of things, because we were trying to build a family atmosphere inside each store. So I needed to know and make sure that they were, you know, respectful to their parents and things like that. So we would actually interview with four questions and they were the four values and 
Let me know what you think of that. And that started to work. I My turnover went from one new employee every other week to one new employee every eight months, almost overnight. As soon as I got rid of the employees that were from the old adage, the new employees that came in would stay almost eight months per. And and I'm talking retail, dude. They don't stay very long. People anyway. don't stay in retail. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so so I, I think it's probably the most beneficial thing to a business. Your identity is everything. And you want to make sure that that's calculated. You don't want an identity that your customers give you. You want to identify your company and go search for a customer that identifies with your company. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you learned anything from this or any other episode, make sure you rate it and share it with another entrepreneur who could help. Thanks again, and I'll catch you on the flip side.